What are they in sync hits? I can't name the single one. I'm more of a Backstreet Boys person. <laughs> in sync. NSYNC was one of the first albums I've bought as a kid. Yeah, I was never into them. I mean, I was never really into the Backstreet Boys either, but... Um, I kind of secretly liked them until I found heavy metal. <laughs> and then I denied that I ever liked them. <laughs> We're still leaving this at the beginning of the show, by the way. No, denied. No. All our credibility is gone. I really can't did think we of any, any NSYNC any song. Yes, well, I did. Probably you did as well. <laughs> no, I'm just I can I, assume we don't have any credibility, so yeah, I, I openly admit I liked NSYNC. <laughs> I can tell you ten Backstreet Boys songs, but not a single NSYNC song. I'm sure you if you played some for me, me I would know them, but oh, well. there you go. Yeah. Exciting so, times. how about we do a show? Why not? It's what the public wants. Give the people what they want. Well, hello, the lady. Welcome to Cat Big Fridays episode uh, last. <laughs> I have no idea what number it was supposed to be, but this is the final. Grand finale, something like that. It is the end of Friends, a beautiful end to a beautiful journey in a beautiful location. I don't know why I'm going with this. But once again, and for the last time, but not technically not, I'm joined by my co-host, the man who all who has... No, who actually openly admitted that he likes Backstreet Boys. I, and I there is no video proof of that anywhere. So it didn't happen. <laughs> Unless there is video proof of it somewhere, in which case, yeah. Yes. You know what? We definitely we actually, didn't open up with that. Don't you remember we did a festival show with Irik, our good friend from we Living Room Gear it. Demos, where we picked summer festival acts based on a point system. And I think I picked the Backstreet true. Boys to come on after the Beatles or something ridiculous like that. But yeah. <laughs> oh, that is very true. <laughs> yeah. So wait, did Backstreet Boys come after the Beatles? No, they came before. So the Beatles were oh. influenced by the Backstreet Boys. So like, I <laughs> Want It That Way was kind of the influence for I Want to Hold Your Hand and, and so on. That's how it worked. Makes total sense. Yeah. So, as I just mentioned, this is the very last episode of Cat Big Fridays. Uh, but I want to do it in a way where we first kind of do the Cat Big Fridays thing and go through some recent gear news. Then we also can talk about our favorite moments during this Cat Big Fridays journey. And at the very end of the show, we reveal some future plans. The name of the future show, you might even see a logo or something like that of the upcoming show. So, yeah, this is the end, but also a beautiful beginning. Something like that. Indeed. But, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> he said, incredibly excited. Indeed. Yes. So before... We talk about the future stuff. Let's talk about the present, I guess. <laughs> and we have just a segment for that called Recent Happenings for the 
last time. Now we've been away for so long that it would feel weird to try to recap everything that has happened over the past five months, maybe. How long were we away? It's December Is it first today. Five months since we had a show. Could be. No I way. I think it's like a. Did we do a show where you also joined to talk about your recent trip to Nam this summer? <laughs> I don't know. That might. I'm pretty sure that one. you you did a Nam show on your own. I remember oh, that. Yes. While I was in America, whether or not we've actually done a Cat Pick Friday since then, I don't know, and I should have researched it, but I didn't, because you know, Absolutely lazy. No idea. Also, I never yeah. look back; I look forward. I Another pseudo philosophical musings. Yes, because it's going to get incredibly hot in here. Otherwise, uh, yeah, let's talk about stuff that has been released as of late, and especially for those. If this is the first Cat Pick Friday show you've seen. First of all, there's an long archive of these shows. If you want to check those out, we're going to drop the playlist in the description of both on YouTube and on podcast platforms. And there's a card here somewhere on the screen. I never know where to point with the card. I think it's in the right corner when you watch it on YouTube. So it's there. There's a full playlist of all the Cat Pick Fridays episodes. And yes, Rich is pointing into the correct direction. Yeah, when, uh, I, when I'm pointing in my videos, I'm always pointing here and it's normally right. So, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's but good. sometimes I point the other way what... and I'm just pointing at nothing, but it happens. <laughs> yes, at least one of us knows what he's doing and that person is not me. But just before we hit record, Wampler dropped something. Whoa. And they, have, they have two budget-friendly pedals. A Phenom Distortion and Triumph Overdrive. And Rich, do you know what these are? Because I sure don't. Yes, and this is extremely exciting. Firstly, because it's kind of a tradition for us that when we do Catbook Fridays, we tend to shoot the show and then one hour later, someone comes out with an amazingly exciting gear release. And actually, today, the gear release has come before we shot the show, so we get to talk about it. So that's a super amazing. cool thing for our last show. Yes, That happens to work out. And these pedals are interesting because they are part of a new series by Wampler. They are part of the wallet-friendly collective series of pedals. Now, mm. for those of you who know Wampler, which will be most of you watching this, those are great boutique made-in-America pedals. And from what I've ascertained from Wampler's Instagram page, these pedals from the collective series are not made in America. Now, we don't know as of filming where they are made, but we can assume somewhere in the Far East. Indonesia, for example, who yeah. knows? But yeah, it's a $99-97 series of pedals, similarly priced to the JHS 3 Series. We have two drive pedals, the Phenom Distortion and the Triumph Overdrive, and they look cool. They look decent. The Phenom Distortion is a dynamic distortion pedal, which uses JFET-based clipping instead of op-amp and diode-based clipping, and is loosely based on the legendary 5150 style. And the Triumph mm. is a versatile overdrive based around two of Brian's all-time favorite overdrives, the Digitech Bad Monkey and the Boss SD-1. So pretty much every sort of drive oh. taste under the sun is covered by those two pedals. Which one would you buy, Vlad? Probably the one that has Bad Monkey in it. Yeah, me too. The Triumph. I, I like that pedal a lot. I like the SD-1. I've actually never played a Bad Monkey, but I've heard that they're amazing. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I get like 
I own an SD1. I think I have the, what was 40th, 60th uh, anniversary, whatever. Yeah, the all black 40th yeah. anniversary. Yes. Yeah. I st still have it. And it's like, it's great in the sense that I get why it's such a legendary pedal. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of the sound it produces, but it's, it's good. Yeah, I get it. It's a, like I get why it's a legendary thing, but Band Monkey all day long for me. Yeah, and uh, what, what's your thoughts on Wampler doing a a more affordable range? Well, looking at the, just looking at the website, like even the smallest pedals were like hundred and twenty dollars and up. So yeah, it's it makes them more accessible as a brand, which it I does. totally get, especially I, with current prices of everything. I think this is cool. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everything is getting more expensive and $100 is sort of like a psychological price point, isn't it? Under 100 I can say yes, to myself, oh yeah, it's only it's only $99, it's all right. But uh, over 100 and it, it becomes a bigger thing in my mind yeah. and in my wallet as well. It feels way more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But these look cool, which is good. I mean, I think they the do. JHS Series 3 pedals, which are you know competitively priced to these ones, look very cool as well, but they have the white design, which you're intended to put your own custom artwork on as well. Whereas with this range of pedals, with the Collective Series, it's clear that Wampler have gone in a slightly different direction. They've been made overseas, so that's kept the costs down. Obviously, the quality standards have been kept up, as Wampler themselves say, but these look great. They look really, really good. We've got two different blue colors on the pedals, if you're looking at this, and nice looking knobs and a sturdy looking switch there's nothing to complain about yep. here i likes it yep and i wonder if all the pedals like the other pedals that will release in this range all follow the kind of same idea that jhs has where the chest is, is always the same the same amount of knobs maybe like one switch extra somewhere but otherwise it's always the same because again that's a way to save money when it's similar chest is yeah, exactly. I, I think you're going to be right there. I think all of the JHS 3 Series are exactly the same. And these yeah. two pedals here are, of course, identical. You've got the, the on-off switch and then two rows of three controls, five knobs, and then a... Is that a two-way switch in the middle on the bottom row? Yeah, two-way switch. Mm. So Yeah, so it seems. So yeah, so these are the oh, first two yeah. of a series. We have a distortion and we have an overdrive and we can kind of already guess as to what else is going to appear in this range. Yep. And I mean, a 5-knob compressor or a delay or a reverb, that's a lot of controls. That is. And if they can day. get their Ego compressor down into this range, I think that would be pretty damn good. Ooh. I don't know. I if, like that because even the would they, mini would they have to make it worse, mini compressors. Well, would they have to make oh. this pedal slightly worse because it's cheaper? I don't know. I mean, the the mini ego compressor is like one hundred and fifty dollars, right? And well, this one's going to yeah, be selling for a hundred. Like yes, but maybe it's only the price difference in terms of the the location where they're made, and if it's the I same circuitry so. and and whatnot, that could be a great pedal further down the line. Yeah, I mean, the irony of that would be that I think all of the components come from the far east anyway. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> then it's just whether you assemble them there and then ship them or you ship the parts and assemble them in US. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, obviously, probably OnePlus, like, US-made stuff is, goes through more QC, so it justifies the price. But then again, I'll, I'm guessing these will hold just fine because they're not 
like super super cheap they're just cheaper yeah exactly so there's going to be a lot of competition for them but the name wampler is a a very big one these days and i think that Indeed. you know if you've got a hundred bucks and you're looking for a new flavor of overdrive then well i'll be trying one out let's put it that way yep sounds good to me mm. uh, let's talk about something that is not as affordable next because <laughs> chapman guitars announces new made in england workshop series and i think this is the third time they're releasing made in uk guitars now <laughs> i believe it's the fourth according to a video that we've both watched Oh, that is very true. I forgot that it was the fourth time. Yeah. As, you know, as they say, fourth that time, the charm? Or Yep, that's a well-known saying. Fourth time's the charm. Yes. <laughs> Four is a magic number and all that. It is, it is, it is. Uh, yep, yeah. Hand, handmade? Are they high-end? High are they handmade? I think I remember seeing handmade somewhere, but I'm not 100% sure. Whatever the handmade even means. But, it means someone well, with hands UK made them. Ah. <laughs> Apologies. But yeah, these are made in England guitars from the Workshop mm -hmm. series. And yeah, you can bear that there is a lot of handiwork that goes into these instruments. We have, I think, currently the ML1X, the only model that you can order, which is a sort of a, a super stratty type model. And if you're in the UK, these will cost £3,500. If you're anywhere else in the world, it will be £3,000, which includes delivery, but doesn't include local taxes. So for me in Europe, mm. it's going to be, uh, I don't know what I'll be paying in terms of customs. But yeah, customs if you're in America, you'll, you'll pay customs to get it shipped. So this is an interesting move for Chapman. These guitars are a lot of money. I'm sure they're great guitars, but... But who's going to buy them? That, that's, that's the question they're going to have to answer. Yeah. You have to be a huge Rob Chapman fan. And I believe those still exist. But after everything that is, he's going to gone through, I don't know. It's, it's just strange, but I wish them all the success in the world because I want to people to have jobs in the music industry so <laughs> kind of that yeah. that wish kind of overweights everything else yeah i mean me too and you know speaking as a, a born and bred englishman i think it's great that there are more guitars being built oh yes in england right now so that's a pretty cool thing there are not many english builders and yeah uh, chapman so far hasn't officially said who or where when it comes to the builders of these guitars but it's common knowledge if you look on the line who's uh who's making them and i think it's great yep yeah that said yep. if you had three thousand dollars or euros vlad you could choose pretty much anything where That's would a chapman thing. uk built guitar be in kind of your list of things to try i mean would it be even in there I'm going to be honest, it wouldn't be on the list. Let's put it that way, because mm. I could get Gibsons, high-end Fenders, PRS. Yeah. Heck, I could order something amazing from a local luthier for that price. Yes, you could. Like you could, you could get a sewer for that price. Mm -hmm. 
Well, that that as well. Having I have owned one of those guitars as well, and if I'm totally honest, I see no situation where I would choose Chapman over that, for example, yeah, or like high end Ibanez or anything like that. Yeah, that's that's an interesting debate, and like. Um, You've also got stuff like resale value to consider if you're buying a guitar like mm. that. I mean, obviously, if you buy a guitar like that, you want it to be with you forever and ever. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen like that. And Oh, if you, most of the times it doesn't happen like that. Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> being be optimistic. <laughs> and, you know, I like your optimism. Yeah, exactly. But if, if, that. Yeah, if you spent three grand on a Gibson, for example, and three grand on a Chapman, and then came to sell it two years later you're obviously going to get more money for the Gibson. I assume. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, I actually, now that I started thinking about this, I've had a few situations where I had a guitar where it was like, this is a keeper. And life happens. Even if you have those keepers, sometimes life gets in the way. I have a lot of personal experience in that department. So, yeah. You get a thing of, of the resale value. And unfortunately... Especially in Finland, I don't think these would have any, <laughs> I'm afraid. They would have some, but not as much as Sir or Ibanez or Gibson or whatever else you might get for those. 3,500 pounds. I agree. It's, it's a lot of money. And one <clears throat> other thing that I think is going to be very difficult is actually trying one of these before you spend the money. You know, if you mm. want to buy a Gibson, you can go and try a bunch out at a store. But with something like this... I don't know. You're paying a lot of money for something you don't get to play in advance, which yeah. could be a I mean, risk. It, it, yeah, the interesting thing is, like, my one of my initial thoughts was: uh, Do they design this for mostly like UK-based customers? But then they don't tell you who's actually manufacturing them, meaning that you cannot like go and visit the workshop while they're building the, the guitar and like spec out the neck shape, for example, or anything, anything like that. So it, it's a strange business decision, I guess. It, it's an interesting it one. Like, like you said, yes. all, all credit to them for trying, for trying for a fourth time. Oh, absolutely. But um, yeah, one other thing that I do think is interesting and worth mentioning is the fact that, you know, when Chapman started it instantly became a massive brand, at least on the internet, because Rob came out with this kind of collaborative design aspect with low-priced guitars that people had a kind of a say in how the designs would be, and they were also perfect modding yeah. platforms. So they started with these affordable instruments, and they've gone up in price. And now we're at guitars that cost five, six, seven, eight, ten times as much as what some of the older Chapmans used to. Whereas many other brands, they'll start expensive and then go the other way. So this is kind of the first time that we're seeing someone trying this, at least that I can remember. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see if yep. they're going to succeed. Yep, that is very true. I just remember that I have actually owned the first ML1 at some point. Oh, yeah? I think I, think I bought it off Anderton's or something. Okay. So, yep. But, but this was... 12 years ago or something something like ridiculously long time ago so like a really early model yes like yeah uh, they had just one color one design like just the kind of basic model at that point yeah so 
yeah, we wish them all the best. But maybe you can tell that we're probably not the ones who are going to order these. No, we're not. We're because. not the target market. So let's see. Not. I mean, Rob, you know, Rob Chapman also, he's been around for, what, maybe 12, 13, maybe more years on YouTube. He's probably got a lot yep. of fans who started out back in the day who were kind of young teenagers or whatever. In their first steps with the guitar, they were really excited about the collaborative design. You know, now they've maybe gone on to big careers. They might have a lot of money. They might want to order one of these. They might be able to do that it. Who knows? True. It'll be really interesting to see how these work out. And I'm also very interested to try one at the next trade show that I get to go to. Oh, yeah. Whenever that's going to be. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, the minute you try one of these out, you might go, oh, now I get what, what's the point of in this. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, that's the thing. Yeah, but let's talk about something else, which is way, way cheap. Holliman's <laughs> and JA60CC offset range launches in five cool surf colors, according to gearnews.com. Basically, the Holliman's Jazz, uh, what's a good word equivalent to master <laughs> champion? Yeah, the, ja the jazz, jazz champion. champion. Yeah, yes, it's that. Have you demoed one of these? Yeah, I actually bought one, and it's oh, it's oh. behind. It's you see a little. Oh God, pointing. Do we need to zoom on you? Pointing fail. Out. I need to stop drinking before I point. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> It's that green thing in the corner. Yeah, I, I couldn't resist on one <laughs> yeah. of these. I, Good. I had to grab one. I've been after an offset for a long time, but never really knew where to start. And these are like a jazz champion, you know? It's like a it's mm. like a cross-section between a few other offsets, between a Jaguar and a Jazzmaster, but also without a lot of the extra stuff that can go wrong or be harder to play. So there's no vibrato bridge or anything like that. So tuning stability should be less of an issue. You have these JM-style pickups, but you don't have the extra kind of rhythm circuits or any of those extra switches or anything mm. like that. It's effectively two pickups and a three-way switch, and that's it. You just play. So very, very simple. Nice. They look fantastic. I love the dark-looking fretboards and the block inlays. And I went for the Seamfoam Green one, and I'm extremely happy with it. It's really, really good. Nice. The, the volume button on this seems to be really close to the bridge pickup, though. Is it, yeah, is it? In reality, it's not that close, no. Okay, interesting. It's maybe just the photo somehow makes it look like it's way too it, close. It, yeah, it's it's definitely nothing like as close as a Strat. Because on a Strat, I always bash the volume knob down, and on this guitar, I yeah, don't. Same for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's your overall review of these? I mean, they're very affordable, as I remember. Hun yeah, hun 179 euros. euros. Yeah. And yeah, the, these are not like some of the Fusion models, so you don't get branded hardware, you don't get Goto's or Wilkinson tuners, you just mm. get Harley Benton's own stuff. But you get the Roswell pickups, and yeah, they sound fantastic. It's it's not super brittle or anything like that in the high end. It it sounds fat and thick, and it's way more versatile than I thought it would be. So mm. this guitar has been a real highlight for me. It's it's really given me the bug to try more expensive offsets as well so at some point i will travel down that road and i really think that they nice. knocked it out of the park with the colors as well if you look at that picture yeah, there I you've like got i went for the seafoam green but i was really really kind of close to going for the shell pink 
I mean, Lake Placid Blue is always sort of on my list to get, but I thought, you know, for once, let's not go blue. And you've got Dakota Red there on the left and Inca Silver, and even the Inca Silver looks cool. So it does. Really, really it good does. work by Harley Benton. And there's left-handed models too, so thumbs up. Two of them. Oh, yes. Yeah. I have a soft spot for these kind of offsets, and yeah. every now and then I'm about to buy one, and then I remember that, wait a minute, I have one that I just need to finish building, and <laughs> I have an offset. Yeah, with, exactly. With actually, like, proper pickups <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I need to get myself to a luthier or a guitar building course and get it done at some point. You do. You absolutely do. I have yeah, a soft the, spot for offsets. Yeah. The, these are just super fun guitars. Would yeah. recommend it to anybody who's looking for a cheap really fun sort of offset instrument and they have a slightly smaller body than a squire or a oh. fender would so if you find those That's to be nice. just a tiny bit too big it's a very subtle the size difference but it is there so yeah these are yep. just just really nice probably my favorite purchase of the year that guitar nice maybe without giving anything maybe. away for later <laughs> yes we have something like that in the later sections of the show but from Jazzmasters to something very non-Jazzmasters. Tosin Abbasi demos his Ernibald music man Kaizen. Seventh streak. You have to say it's Kaizen. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Uh, I'm a huge, well, not a huge, but quite a big anime fan and kind of, I guess, have a, what's the word? Well, I think I know roughly how Japanese would pronounce this word. And I think kaizen meant, meant like a sword or something. I think they'll talk about that in some of the previous demos. And again, we talked about this signature guitar extensively in some previous episode. And how kind of interesting it is that he has a signature with Ernie Ball, but then he also has his own guitar company. Yeah. So... That's yeah, it's Dolphin. an interesting one. And they're also fairly similar guitars as well, you know, like that the, the Abasi concept instruments are very much forward-thinking. To someone who grew up in the 50s with Telecasters or whatever, they don't even look like guitars, you know. It's um, <laughs> a totally different thing. But yeah, the, the Kaizen, however you say it, is, um, is a unique-looking beast. I saw it at the NAMM show in June this year. I think that was the six string that was hanging on the wall and it was uh, an amazing looking thing. This is very yeah. expensive, $4,000. I mean, you could buy a Chapman UK made and still have money left over. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Could you though? Pound versus dollar tax? Well, D depending on the taxes, I think you'd be I able to, it. but you'd have Might know. be. Yep. I mean, there's... Definitely a market for this type of guitars. Uh, there will be a few hundred people who want to get this. Um, that's probably all they need. Plus, I think new people will be exposed to earnable. So from them, their side, this is also like a great business de decision. Yeah, I absolutely. Think. Yeah. yeah. Hats off to Tolson on this. Pires HDRX Distilled Hendrix Stone asks GearNews.com. And Hendrix tone, tone at only 20 watts. Yeah, it's a 20 watt head. Mm. And I guess it goes for the Woodstock tone. 
I think I've seen this amp in many YouTube videos as of late. Like demoing guitars and stuff, people, I think they use it as a pedal platform. Yeah, th th this looks like a really cool amp. I mean, giving you that vintage plexi sort of a tone that Hendrix is famous for. PRX did make a similar amp in the past, but it was a, you know, a fully US built thing and cost thousands of dollars. <laughs> and this one is a smaller 20 watt lunchbox one, not made in America, made in, I'm guessing, mm. Indonesia. I don't know if it says anywhere in the article or on that picture well. there. But yeah, it's a uh, sub thousand euros. Does that sound? Yeah. It has the equivalent of the two jumper channels on the old Marshall amps. And in all the videos that I've seen of it, it sounds amazing. And one thing that's also cool about it is that it has a master volume control, so you don't need to have it fully cranked to get the best sounds. You can turn the volumes up as much as you need them and actually then use the master to control the overall level, which was always a problem for me with amps like this before. Mm. Yeah, a practical amp for a modern-day guitar player. Yeah, and I, I think it looks really cool as well. It's kind of a it mix does. of a vintage and modern look. Yeah, I like how the PRS kind of look and design translates well from amps, well, first of all, guitars, then amps, pedals as well. They, whoever's in charge with the designs, good job. They're doing pretty well. And actually, <laughs> I think, you know, the Paul Reed Smith signature, I think it looks better on the front of an amp than it does on a guitar headstock. Oh, could be. I think, on some of the models, it works well. I think on the just traditional, like custom, I think the Paul Ridsmith thing works there, but on some others, not as much. Yeah. But this looks like a very cool thing to test out. Again, we've yeah. seen a bunch of demos online, and people like Rhett Shell have made videos with it, but in the real world, I don't think these to be found anywhere yet. So, uh, 2023, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's not that long until it's 2023, which is kind of crazy. It is. Yes. From PRS to Eventide, dropping the new H90 harmonizer pedal. Uh, was it? It's the H9, which is the kind of predecessor to this one. One of yep. the most legendary, like super multi-effect series that could do it all. And I'm trying to think whether I've owned one or not. Or whether I was really close to buying one, but then didn't. I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, if, if you did own it and can't remember, I'm guessing you didn't love it that much. Yeah, could be. Yeah. I am not sure. We're, we're not going to spend the whole episode trying to guess whether I had one or not. This looks cool and just a really nice way to update already legendary pedal with a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, and yeah, you have double the options. It's effectively like having two separate H9s together or something with way more. There's a bunch of algorithms in there, loads of connectivity, so much stuff you can do with it, so many sounds you can make, but you pay a premium price as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen the price, Vlad. There's, get one here for $900. Yeah, $900. And in Europe and in England, I've seen them for around 1000 So... This oh. is not a cheap pedal, but I think but there are everything. so many people who love the H9 that they might want to go for this. They're professional studio yep. quality, you know? Yep. And I mean, 
you could do so much with the original H9. I think you could run like multiple effects and all kinds of crazy stuff you could do with it. And people, I remember seeing a lot of rig rundowns where people had like MIDI controller and they had so much stuff programmed into their H9s and they were doing pitch shifting and delays and reverbs and all kinds of modulation stuff. And I think it even did like a very decent digital distortion and stuff like that as well. So yeah, if it's even slightly better with more foot switches and processing power, thumbs up from me. <laughs> Again, bringing back a weird old grading system that nobody asked for. We're going to hit all the classics in this one because it's the last one. Unlikely. <laughs> yes, indeed. So yeah. It's out, and also what will be out soon, hopefully, are Digitech. Uh, who bought them? Cork bought them? Oh, or who, who did? Court. Who bought the... A uh, court, yeah, bought them. So they're apparently bringing the brand back. Yeah, I, I thought this would be a great thing to include in this episode. Oh, absolutely. This is, this is not totally new news, but in one of the previous episodes we did, we talked about the possible death of Digitech and the fact that nobody wants Digitech to die because they make so many cool effects pedals. But they've been purchased, and apparently the people behind the success of their brand are kind of going to be back there doing things next year. So we can expect big nice. things from Digitech, and that is two thumbs up from everybody in the guitar community, I oh, think. Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to. I need to get the freak out at some point. It's just such a cool, unique thing. In a pedal. I've always wanted to get one. I almost yeah. got one when they were blowing them out at like under a hundred euros at Toman not too long ago, a year or two ago maybe. Didn't mm. and yeah, regretted a bit. But there you go. I've got the Carcosa Shame. Fuzz, which is central there on the screen. That's a great fuzz pedal. It's a great first fuzz pedal for beginners because it's kind of mm. forgiving and it can do a lot of different fuzz tones too. And I've never, yep. I've never actually owned a whammy, but would love to. Yeah, one I, day I'd love to have one as well. Still one of the best algorithms for pitch shifting, so that's yep. really cool. Yep. We'll keep you updated with the developments of the Digitech re-release, I guess. On the new show... About, and we're going to talk about the new show later in this show. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Next thing, strong and big sky plugging the famous reverb pedal in your DAW. Kaboom. This is actually kind of cool. I haven't seen the price yet, though, so maybe it's... Wait, wait, wait. Before you look, before you look, what do you think it's going to be? <laughs> um, $100 at least. Okay. Because it's Strymon. And you know it, that the hardware it, itself is very... Boutique in terms of pricing? Oh, 239 euros. Are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> <laughs> like, I knew it's going to be expensive, but come on. Too much. You can for get you? like Valhalla Supermassive is one of the best reverb volumes out there, and that's free. And mm. then there's the Big Sky. Oh, come on. I mean, there will be people who, who will buy that. But... <laughs> yeah, there will be some people for whom it's perfect and some people will have the same reaction as you. Yes. And 
yeah, I think quite a lot of people had the same reaction as you, but uh, this is Strymon's new business model, and I think it's probably fairly safe to assume that some of the other pedals will follow as digital oh, versions yes. as well. They will, and, they uh, will. Uh, makes sense. Yeah. Another interesting thing about this release is that originally they were only going to sell it on their own website. And then they realized mm. that actually selling downloads internationally is quite hard. So oh. now it's being sold at different retailers throughout the world. So, for example, Toman in Europe. And yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. €239 Euros is a lot of money to pay for a plug-in. You know, I have the mm. Valhalla Supermassive as well, and that is excellent for what it is. Yes. Is the difference going to be nice. worth the money? Who knows? But... You know, if someone who does a lot of stuff on their computer now owns a big sky on their pedal board or whatever and wants to use this and gets exactly the same results from it, then it's going to be a no-brainer for them. Yep, definitely. I mean, it is easier to operate Yeah, from the plug-in then on the pedal, which has a tiny display for everything. Plus, yeah, you can it does. set like, proper presets and stuff like that. Yeah, makes sense, but... Striving gonna do striving, I guess. That's how it is. <laughs> uh, from Strymon to Solar. Yes, Solar's Chuck Peter does Chuck. We talked about this not on the show when this was released. And this is an interesting move, especially because it's basically a preamp pedal meant to be used in your amp's effects loop, which is kind of interesting. And based on the sounds I've heard in the demos, it sounds like Ola's chugging tone. Yeah, on, on the Ola video, which is the only one I've seen, it sounds mm. massive. It sounds like yep. Ola, England. So in that sense, mission accomplished. Have yes. you seen any other videos or have you seen anybody else playing it? Mm, not yet, I think. Me neither. I, I'd be really interested to hear some like normal people playing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be interested to test it for myself and to, to hear you playing it as well. But I also want to yeah. know where they're made. $199. Yeah. Are I they mean, built get, in? Well, where? Yeah. I don't know. The safest bet, I guess, would be the same factory where they do his guitars as well. So Indonesia. What is the factory called? They build like a thousand other brands as well. I guess it's that one, but I'm not, I have no info on that. Just guessing. Yeah. And also seeing him do a thing, I think that he did some sort of sale thing where if you would buy a certain price guitar from Solar, you would get the pedal as well, which is kind of cool, oh, really? I think. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So we'll talk about this. He's a smart businessman, even though <laughs> when you watch these videos, you wouldn't be able to tell, but he employs like 20, 30, 40 people runs a successful guitar company and yeah, Ola has, has done a giant office in Stockholm. So Big things. Yeah, he knows exactly Ola. what he's doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And the pedal looks cool as well. You know, it doesn't it look does. generic in any way. It has its own identity. And it has the perfect yeah. name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, he's consistent to the brand. I, I love that. Uh, the brand is fully based on what he likes and then yep. he kind of brings other people along. Well done, Ola. Yep. Well done. And from Chuck Pedals to music that kind of chugged, maybe. Uh, 
Clini and Ruby Masad have just made a track together and it's a little slice of Nirvana for pro guitar super fans, says musicreal.com. Um, I'm sure, well, basically, they're kind of promoting the Neural DSP plugins. And by the way, I have to mention, I very recently bought a Rabia plugin with my own money just oh. because I liked it so much based on the free trial. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I'm doing some reorganizing in the studio, some selling a bunch of stuff that I didn't use. For example, I like earlier this fall, I realized I own, I think it was nine or ten different microphones. I have now sold three of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I, st I can still do 7.1 or something like that if I need to. That's reassuring to know. Yes. <laughs> So the next show we're going to do, we're going to bring it to you in spatial audio. That's going to sound awful on your AirPods. Uh, at least it doesn't <laughs> on mine for whatever reason. Anyway, they have a track and I think we both kind of like it, but it also, it's, it to me personally, it feels a bit more uh, like a, they've wrote it to demonstrate different cool sounds of the plugin rather than just focusing on the musical aspects. Not saying that the playing is bad or the music is bad, just uh, having heard a bunch of Pliny's original songs and Revia's original songs, this kind of, they put a bunch of things they're really good at together and created this cool little snippet. And that's it, really, for me at least. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, the musicianship is... Incredible. They're both amazing musicians. Oh, yes. And the bass and drums sound great as well. It's been mixed and produced fantastically. But, yeah, th th there is a tiny something missing for me personally. And th this is purely a taste thing. But for me, it's very, very yeah. difficult to really appreciate instrumental music in certain ways. There are a few artists who do it that I can listen to. I've listened to a lot of Rabia's stuff, you know. I've been mm. a big fan of his for a long time. But, yeah, I I tend to need more of a vocal hook to, to keep me with stuff these days and for a song to kind of build up and have sort of tension and release and that sort of thing. And I've listened to the Pliny and Rabia track a few times and I appreciate it loads for what it is, mm. but it has something else missing in another direction for me. And in a way, that's yeah. totally fine because it's not trying to be like a... A Backstreet Boys or NSYNC song, is it? It's, <laughs> it's two guitar heroes yes. showcasing their prog guitar mastery. That is very true. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. I think it's all also that, to me, it's also that I love both of these guys' own, mu like own music a lot. I've listened to Pliny a lot. I've listened to a lot of Rabia stuff. Uh, what was the band? Tosca. He had the instrumental band Tosca. Tosca, yeah. Yes, listen to that, to his stuff on his YouTube channel as well, all the tracks he does. Love that stuff. Like, I think he seamlessly transitions from something like dark and beautiful to like full-on blast riffs, uh, like super heavy, chunky riffs. And I, like Pliny might be one of my favorite instrumental guitarists ever. The way he kind of hides 
adds a lot of incredibly technical elements into his music while keeping the focus on the music itself where my yeah. four-year-old can like nod her head to the song and feel the beat all the time even though the time yeah. signatures are whatever what they are so i love both of them individually and i guess all of my criticism comes from the fact that i feel slightly disappointed if i'm totally honest because like two of the like guitar players i have a, like a super high regard for like when you bring them together you I, I guess it's the super band effect. Very, very few super bands in the world have ever been better than like the individual artists. So maybe it's that effect for me. That's a really good point. We should do a future show on that. The best super groups. But yeah, I mean, I totally agree. <laughs> there aren't many. <laughs> no, that's, it would be a short many. show. That'd be good. We could do it on uh, TikTok even. But yeah, the, the, one, the one thing I do have to say about this track is that as a vehicle for Neural DSP and those plugins, oh, yes. fantastic work, because I don't think anybody anywhere in the world is going to be criticizing the tones on this record as, you know, not sounding like real guitar or not sounding like tubes. They sound <laughs> massive. They sound amazing. Yeah, it doesn't sound like my 6L6s. I don't like it. <laughs> you can hear a little something in the so, high end. No, you can't. Yeah. You cannot. I also love that they've shot this somewhere in Finland, I think. The scenery sure looks very, very finished. So, love it. Love it. One day, I hope I get to visit the Neural DSP headquarters. It's not that far from where I live, so... Just, Neural DSP, uh, if you're watching, give me a call. Gatecrash it. Do a vlog. Just turn <laughs> up there. Use the old yeah, line, that, that, do you know who works. I am? That, that'll work. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to ask, do you know who I am? I think I'm going to say no. <laughs> no. Why are you here? <laughs> End of discussion. Are you here to fix the broken toilet? Yes, that. Are you the plumber? <laughs> sure look like one. Anyway, from Pliny to Gibson, who has a new digital amp on the go and only needs a phone to work. If I understand correctly, this thing works in a way where you... I guess turn on the app, place it somewhere near your guitar. Yep. And then you play and it kind of listens and plays it back amplified. Is that how it works? That's what they say. They say that it listens to your phone. So you, you sort of point your phone at your guitar and you play. And in real time, it processes what you're playing and then spits back out beautifully amplified sounds through your phone speaker. <laughs> Or through headphones, wired headphones, if you're using wired headphones. But yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting premise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, there was a video from a few weeks ago that came out on the Gibson YouTube channel where they kind of show it off. And there's a few uh, people, I think it's actually that video right there on the screen, and there's a few people playing it, yeah. and you get these incredible tones. But you can see from the comments that people actually don't really know how it is, how it's working, what they actually have to do. And yeah, I, I would actually love to try this and see how good it sounds, but I don't hold out that much hope, to be honest with you. Mm, is the app free or do you have to pay for the app? And then there's some sort of subscription model where you can get lessons. Yeah, because they sell lessons uh, as well now. I think you can probably get a free demo version of this or mm, a limited feature please. version of it, but the whole thing you'd have to pay for. And it's not that cheap access to the Gibson app but no, yeah I mean for, for people who who want it I mean go for it 
If anybody watching this has tried the Gibson Digital Amp, please give us your feedback. Does it have latency? Because I fail to see how there could be no latency on it. Yeah. But there you go. That's a strange product, but yeah, maybe it works. I like if that it, they use the design from the new Maestro range pedals. Yeah. It looks kind of cool from these screenshots. And hey, if it, it does, does work, that's actually amazing. You know, they've yeah, sold, they've sold like the latency problem. It. Yeah. Also, wonder if, if you play it loud enough, are there like feedback issues? I don't know. I don't understand how this works properly, so maybe... <laughs> yeah, just go, go on to the video later, the YouTube video, and read some of the comments, because yeah, well, nobody I'll, else I'll understands it either, so... Yeah. I'll have to. It looks interesting. Yeah. We're obviously going to drop links to all of these articles in the show notes, so you can check this out yourself, and yeah, <laughs> let us know what you think. We are confused, but that's nothing new, so... No, that, that's sort of normal. Yes. Then we're going to talk about a new study that reveals the most searched VIX pedal brand in each U.S. state. Uh, basically, the top 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 ten, the other way around. The top ten most searched brands for United States were Electroharmonics, Diesel Electronics, Triumph, Catalin Bread, Audio Boss, Earthquake Devices, JCS Pedals, Zivex Effects and death by audio. A lot of brands I wouldn't have imagined being at the top, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, Electroharmonics, I, that's no surprise whatsoever. You know, based in New York, right? And made in America, one of the mm. classic old school brands. No surprise that they're at the top. Strymon as well. You can see over on the left of the map that they're the most searched for in California because that's where they're from. <laughs> It's very interesting to see TC Electronic at number two on the list. I mean, it obviously, is. they're much cheaper now, so they're kind of, you know, mass-produced and mass-sold in that way, so more people are going to be looking for them, but I'm surprised mm, to the see them over is, brands like Boss, for example. Yeah, the brand name is very strong with TC Electronic. Yeah. Even though well, it's kind of a completely different company now. Yeah, true. JHS Pedals at number eight, based on everything that you see, on social media these days, you would expect them to be number one. <laughs> that's how I see it yeah. anyway. Yeah, looking at the map, a few interesting ones. I think that's Texas. So Bondi, Bondi effects. effects. Mm -hmm. And I Isn't think that that's an California. Brand? So or am I wrong? Could be. I, I've I owned the pedal that's here, the sick as overdrive, the clone clone. It was good. It was really good. So. Yeah, for, yeah, of but course. Yeah, they're from Bondi Beach, Australia. Of course they are. That's uh, clever, Rich. Guessing that. Yeah. So, so this is California, right? What? Yeah, where Strymon the, is. Where yeah, that's where California. Where Strymon yeah. is. <laughs> like, why, why is this like a Strymon? Maybe it's like there's a huge studio scene. Maybe that's why Strymon is so strong there. Yeah, Maybe. and because they're, they're based close to LA and um, ah, they've infiltrated... Like, the Sunshine State. Also, like a lot of rich people live in California and they can afford the new plug-in. So, they're searching for that a lot. <laughs> that <is very> <laughs> I'd like to be able to zoom in and see what's in Alaska. It just says 29 pedals. Is that see, a that's, brand? That's weird. Yeah, yeah. 29 pedals make a really interesting sort of 
preamp pedal, the name of which I've also forgotten, but we'll Google. Uh, I, can't, I can't even pronounce it. It's the Elite Unity Amplifier. So I guess it's called the <laughs> Una. And I believe our good friend Eirik from Living Room Gear Demos, who we've already mentioned, has video footage of said pedal, and it's very cool. And it's very nicely retro-designed. Cool-looking thing. But why that's big in Alaska, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, I guess you don't have anything else to do there anyway, so... Let's search for weird pedals. Yeah, why not? <laughs> the, the, the question I have is, why is a brand like Wampler not on the list? It's interesting. Because we've got, um, uh, I guess we, you know, Zvex or Zvex, however the Americans say it, and then Death by Audio. Those are brands that in Europe are way more niche than something like Wampler. Mm. But yeah, I mean, of I course, what... we have to say that this is not like a, a scientific study or anything like that. No, because I was just about to say, because this is from the retailer called Pedal ha Haven. <laughs> they probably they stop Wampler. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. why. <laughs> that's, that's the thing, like, because they just dove into their Google search data and mapped the most searched terms. I mean, this is cool. I would love to hear something like this from, um, you know, Guitar Sense or what's the biggest? I just like blacked out what's the biggest retailer chain in the US. Sweetwater. Sweetwater, yeah. There you go. It's been a long day. Yeah. I think I would love to see this from Sweetwater. Yeah, me too. It would be super cool. Like, do please do pedals, guitars, amps, everything. We're here for the data analysis, please. Yeah, we, we, we love us, the cool. data analysis. Yeah, it is. I, I remember that Reverb has done some similar listings to this in the past. Mm. But yeah, Sweetwater lists would be cool. Some some Toman lists would be cool for the Europeans. Yes, please. I would love to see that. But yeah, this is a yeah. super cool <laughs> little article. And um, yeah, links down in the show notes there. Have a click, have a look if you're interested. Yep. And one last topic news wise we want to discuss is this <laughs> um, well yeah I'm going to say the title first and then we're going to talk about everything else about it basically Music Radar asks who is the guitar personality of 2022 leave your and answers in the comments who is the yes. guitar personality of 2022 and it can't be one of us obviously because we're on the show so we don't want to that is very true skew your results uh, yeah yes and some interesting choices here yeah, they give you options, and I guess for me personally, the question isn't uh, who are they, who are on the list, but more that <laughs> who, who are isn't they? on the list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to read us the list, and we'll we'll think about who we might put on that? Okay. So all the list, all the people on the list uh, in the alphabetical order: Andy Ferris, the guitar geek; mm -hmm. Isla Tesla, Mabel. Guitarreo, mm -hmm. is that yeah? Brett Papa, Colin Scott of CS Guitars, Corey Congilio, Emily Harris from Get Offset, Fazio Electric, Colin Fazio, Henning Pauli, HP42, Jason Mays, and Taya Bally, Working Class Music, Justin Hawkins from Justin Hawkins Rides Again, Lee Fuge, Mary Spender, Matt Webster from Let's Play All, Mick Taylor and Dan Steinhardt from That Pedal Show, Ola England, Paul Davis, Phil McKnight, Richard, Rick Biado, Tom Bukovac. 
And so, yeah, that's a lot of people. And you can only that's have a lot one of people, vote. But yes, that that's the thing. And I'm just going to say it. There's a very heavy UK bias with this list. What? No. No way. I said it. No way. Isn't music created like some... some? Yep. Like part... Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Search for the word, but you just said yes. Yes, there's like a British connection yes. to the whole... Yeah, based in a city called Bath or Bath in the UK. Let's take a bath in that area means something else, I guess. It probably does. Well, it does. I don't know why so, I'm saying probably. It does. So, yeah, yeah, we've got a very wide range of choices here. A mm -hmm. bunch of different personalities as well. Who would you vote that is for? Very true. <laughs> oh, please don't make. No, I, I don't. I don't want to answer that either. So let's not go there. But no, it's, everybody it's watching, unfair, write in the comments. You know, I'm gonna. A lot of my friends on the list, so like, yeah, I, I've got personal people the on the list. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pick from the people I don't personally know and say that Justin Hawkins is so cool, and I love the darkness so much that he can't lose. How can you say that anyone is better than Justin Hawkins? He's winning for me. I have, and to, his channel's uh, great. I mean, like, I I've seen his channel in my recommendations. Haven't watched a single video yet. Maybe I need to. Because I love the darkness, especially the first album. Yeah, so. the, the the first album is the one album really, which is full of classics, and yes. we've talked about it a lot before. But he's a he's a great man, I would say. Some people, I, I kind of, I'm kind of shocked that are not on the list. I guess. Yeah, who who's missing uh, for you? Well, first of all, the Andersons guys aren't on the list. That's a very interesting, interesting, interesting Even thing. Even though it's like, UK-based, then it's here. You so know, I hadn't thought about here. that. That is really interesting. Are the bridge Tom Quayle isn't here either. Tom Quayle's not there. You know, Rabia Massad is not there. Rob that Chapman is, very is not true there. As well, Lee and uh, Danish Peter not there. Yes. Have we just discovered something your... incredible? Some internet beef that nobody knows about. <laughs> Or is it just they thought we have a maximum of 25 people and this will do? Yes. Pete Thorne isn't here. He's not. Like one of the OGs of the guitar YouTube. There were some other names that I had in my mind as well, but I think I forgot them at this point. But strange list. Let us know who you think is missing from the list. I'm not going to vote at least publicly here. Just not just to stay friends with all of these people I know from the list. That, that's so. why I did my safety Justin Hawking's one of people I don't know. In fact, there's not many people on that list who I don't know personally, so it was actually oh, it was very easy. Humble yeah. brag. That doesn't mean I'm friends with those people. I just, I just know them. <laughs> I'm friends with some yeah. of them. But Music but, Radar, well, it wouldn't be a Music Radar list if it was normal, would it? That is very true, and that's why we keep coming back to them because they provide us with, let's say, alternative views on things, <laughs> and we love them for that. We do. So thank you, Music Radar. Huge fans. For giving yeah. us something to talk about. We appreciate you a lot. And the next thing we want to do is to, well, say farewell, I guess, to this show because this is the end. 
as they sing in the Sky Falls theme song, for example, which is a good song, by the way. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start by talking about our top five favorite moments. We don't have any kind of fancy intro or anything like that prepared for this occasion. I'm just going to add something in the edit and you're going to see it now. That was a super seamless transition. What we want to do next is to say goodbye to this show. And we're going to start it by remembering our favorite moments. Or not maybe remembering favorite moments, but five things that we both kind of loved about doing Cat Pick Fridays. This whole thing started... When did it start? Uh, actually, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Let's start with top five moments. And I'm going to go first. I'm going to start with a surprise one. And one of my favorite moments of doing Cat Pick Fridays was discovering Jim Lil's videos. And the reason for that, hear me out before you laugh. The reason for that is I, I kind of felt I had seen it all when it comes to guitar YouTube. Like the amount of effort. I've seen some videos where people put a lot of effort, like building guitars out of, I don't know, ice cream sticks or whatever else people had done but the craziness he went through like trying to figure out where does the sound of a guitar cabinet comes from for example building like seven or eight guitar cabinets just to test it out is absolutely ridiculous and then editing all of that into you know 10-15 minute video which breaks down the issue it's it's incredible (laughs) <laughs> like he must have forgot, gotten so many hateful comments but as I appreciate the amount of work he spent on debu- like going through where the guitar, guitar sound comes from where the amp sound comes from uh, and also what affects the sound of a guitar cabinet as well so that was one of my top five moments I didn't think like didn't think at the time that it would be but as I started to think about all the things that I rem- remember doing this show, it was one of those. And your first choice for the Cat Pick Fridays Awards is... <laughs> this is award show now, I think. Oh, okay. Suddenly we've changed. But yeah, I mean, I, I love Jim Lil as well. I've watched his videos for a long time. Most of the ones that he's deleted now, by the way, because he deleted most of his old stuff. He what? used to do loads really? of great, like country guitar lessons and sound like Brad Paisley and stuff like that. And I think you can still buy the courses that he does. Like you can you can purchase courses from him, learn how to play country guitar like Brad Paisley or whatever. But mm. yeah, he deleted a lot of that old stuff and now he's doing his Strange. experiments, which are amazing and have caused so much discussion with the industry that I think it's just... Uh, yeah. yeah. He's done a great job. Or Lil Jim, yeah. as, as you christened him, or maybe I did, but... Uh, yeah, cool I'm guy. Say it was you. <laughs> I believe that he should be on that music radar list of the music oh, yes, guitar absolutely. personality of the year. Yeah, because he's a he's a super funny guy. He knows exactly what he's doing, and he's a great player yeah. and musician. And yeah, I would vote for Jim. Maybe that was a very <laughs> also, decisive answer, wasn't it? Yes. So, are you also listing Jim Lil as your top five? <laughs> that was a, that was a that was a non-committal noise. I don't really know. No, I don't think so. I mean, we've had a lot of fun with Jim, but um, there are other yeah. things that I would 
mention first. I mean, the, the first thing for me would actually be the fact that you invited me to come on the show because this was a show that you started yourself back in the day just to... I don't really know why you started it, to be honest. I think you just wanted someone mm. to talk to, so you talked to the world. Like, <laughs> I, I was watching Actually, the first episodes. The yeah, and you would... Um, the first episodes, you were like sat in an armchair or sat in different rooms in your house discussing yes. things and... You told stories about the guitars that you owned and about musical projects you were in and favorite albums and stuff like that. And yeah, it was great that at some point I came on as a guest and then I never left because you kind of invited me to come back <laughs> again. And now I'm almost a, well, I am a co-host in that sense. And it's been a fun journey in that regard. So for me, that's a, it's not really a moment, is it? But it's one of my things. <laughs> I'm just going to drop this in there you go yeah this is where it all started why the uh, it sucks there you go <laughs> that's not about gear I was I was kind of searching for the format I think we're gonna do a hybrid version of like reminiscing the best moments of the show but also like doing some sort of top five yeah because yeah yeah this show looks very 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 different and the first six episodes seven episodes maybe weren't a podcast yet then I just realized Maybe this should be a podcast. Yeah. So. Why is there a cutout of your face on a cardboard box in the background? Exactly for the reason that you just kind of proved, meaning that so people would ask why, why is there a cutout. I used to use that thing to focus my camera. Like my camera ah. has have really bad autofocus. And in the previous iteration of the studio, uh, the cameras were so far off that I wouldn't be able to use even like any kind of stick or anything like that to focus. So I would just place that thing on the stool, focus, get it out, out and sit in that cutout's place. That's how Very it clever. I like it. <laughs> I think I have destroyed that monstrosity now, so... R.I.P. maybe? <laughs> R.I.P. Cardboard Vlad, yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> So, yeah, but I'm happy to hear that one of your favorite moments is that I invited you. And it felt like a very natural decision because I got tired of talking just by myself and realized that maybe I need someone to talk to and then it will actually be like a discussion and more fun to <laughs> just produce, I guess. It's always uh, easier, right, to have a to have a yes. person to talk to, and then you can take breaks while they're speaking. You can get, grab a drink or whatever. As you're doing right now, you can grab a yes, drink. Exactly. You can collect your thoughts. Yeah, you can think of jokes. You can come up with funny stuff. Hopefully, I, it's just I a mean, lot I easier. I love talking to. I, I mean, I love talking to Amira, but that guy is so annoying sometimes that we don't get along. <laughs> so but you've always got you your go. cardboard face. Oh, you haven't anymore, but yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, d doing it as a pair is always is always better. And yeah, it's it's not every day that you get invited to to join something like this because Capic Fridays was already a thing when you asked me to come on it. And okay, yeah, I'm thankfully, confused. the community, the fan base, took to me straight away. And I'm going to segue that into my second point. The thing that I wanted to say is the please do the the family, the the people who come back and watch and listen every week because. We're not the world's biggest show. We're growing. We're always growing. But there are friendly faces that come back again and again and again and like and comment and seem to genuinely enjoy us talking nonsense every week. So 
I want to say a thank you to you, Vlad, but also to everybody else who's actually listened to this show every week or watched it. That's It's always amazing to get great feedback and to know that what we're doing is actually informative or useful or maybe just plain old entertaining for some people to listen to. Yes. You strange, strange yeah. people. Yes, it might even be a combination of all of those things. <laughs> and also, I'm going to change one of my points as well. I wrote down something completely else, but I'm going to say as well. When I started doing this show, and especially when we like really turned it into a podcast, I realized how much I actually enjoy this. And it pretty quickly became one of my like weekly routines slash highlights. It was fun to just chat about gear for an hour or two. And yeah, it just made a lot of sense because I guess there was a lot of kind of built up uh, gear knowledge or something like, like experiences I'm happy to share with other people because I think we both learned through our own, doing like our own channels that people enjoy when you share your experience of things and give useful advice and tips and stuff like that. We are always in hunt for like useful advice ourselves. So just kind of want to give back, I guess, in a way as well. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's just fun as well. Yeah. Yeah. That takes me kind of on to sort of my next one as well. I totally agree with everything you've just said. And I loved kind of when we were doing this every week, it was always a highlight of the week in a way, kind of always looking out for new things that we could talk about, new bits of gear and stuff like that. And it was a, it was a big thing. I've always enjoyed doing the show and I'm looking forward to what we may or may not do next. But yeah, when it comes to the gear itself, Cat Pick Fridays has always been a great place for me to actually learn about gear. I mean, you guys know that I work in the industry. I've had a variety of jobs in, in the music instrument industry, and I continue to do that. But um, this combines my hobby with that as well. And I've always been able to search new things out, and I've gained a much wider kind of appreciation and knowledge for the world of gear. And also from the comments that lots of you guys have left as well, like we've learned so much from you guys too. And if it wasn't for a show like Cat Pick Fridays, I would never know about the virtual Jeff, for example. Think about no, stuff like that. Just these weird bits of gear that you would never hear about, and we spend 10 minutes talking about them, and now I actually want to buy a virtual Jeff. Yeah, I just, I think Flop did a demo on that very recently, and he made it sound really good. Like, he was surprised how good it was. So. Yeah, I, I literally watched that video a couple of days ago and thought, <laughs> yeah. you know what? I should probably find $500 and buy a virtual Jeff. Yeah, like... I can, Instead of like, a whammy, maybe. Semi black, yeah, like the black semi-hollow I have... I think it could really benefit from a symbol like that. I don't want to modify it and like put a big spin on it. I could just use the virtual Jeff. Yeah, I'm nice. exactly the same as me with my um, oh, wrong hand with my Harley Benton cheap offset back there, the JA60. There are different, yeah. you know, vibrato systems that I could put on it, but I could put a virtual Jeff on it. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, like I'm going to segue from that point to my. Third thing, because I kind of, actually, I'm kind of going to combine a couple of things because um, it was really cool to share and talk about the different projects I made or like went through during the Catholic Friday's time. Uh, one of those is hanging here on the wall, the Holland DIY kit. It was really cool to give updates and ask people questions about it as it was progressing. 
for those who don't know, it was like a multi-week project. I did a three video series of that, links in the cards and in the description, by the way. And it was a lot of work. I don't remember working on a video series as hard as on that one. Uh, there was a fairly tight schedule for that, actually. Yeah. Based on Thoman's rules. Yeah. I don't remember winning anything, but then again, I don't think the YouTubers who kind of took part in that were even kind of part of the competition. I don't know, but it was a lot of fun. The guitar is here. I still need to do like the mod project thing with this where I upgrade all the hardware and just make it, I, I wouldn't say playable, but make it like really good because the design is cool and I would love to be able to like actually play it. It just needs some work. Yeah, but yeah, just being able to share that with everyone and all the questions you lovely listeners and you sent, it was fantastic. And actually kind of piggybacking on that, I also got to share a lot about the new studio because during this time we did Catholic Fridays, I moved studios from the, what used to be a bit spare bedroom, which is now adult bedroom. I moved from that to this, which used to be a closet, and now it's my super practical studio that I've really, really enjoyed. I have two small kids, and I can, well, first of all, I guess I technically can hide here, just close the doors, they won't be able to find me. But the benefit of this is also that when the kids go to sleep, I can still work here and like mix pretty loudly, play guitar pretty loudly. There's a bunch of walls and doors between us, so they can sleep and I can work on my craft and that's fantastic. And being able to share of the, all of that and again answering people's questions about home studios has been great. And I tend to do that in the future as well. Very nice. Do you have a point number four or five? I have, I, I've lost count. But I've got a couple more cares? things to say that I've enjoyed. Yeah, go ahead. Go the ahead. first go one ahead. I think would be, um, yeah, we've talked a lot about gear over the course of this show. But mm. what we've also done a lot is talk about music. And this is also yes. something that we've kind of shared with the people who watch and listen to the show and got tips from them. But in the past, we did a regular segment called The Albums of Our Lives, where we talked about records and bands that have inspired us and, you know, shaped our journeys as musicians and as consumers of music. And I just think that stuff like that was amazing. And I'd love to do more of that in future. And it's always great to get new tips about new music to listen to and also to listen back to stuff that you haven't listened to in a long time to prepare for the show because I did that with a couple of the records that I talked about. Mm. And we talk a lot about gear and guitars and amps and pedals, but at the end of the day, those are ultimately just tools for us to make music. That's why we're all here because of a passion for music. And so talking about those albums was always a massive highlight. And to hear, for example, your albums as well and to get tips about death metal and black metal from a couple of the guys who watched the show for example was always super Shout cool so i've really really always enjoyed that and this segues into my last point we've had some great guests on the show over the mm. course of time and one of my very favorites was mike from cgs china guitar show and he talked about one of his favorite records which i then sought out and yeah that was a fantastic time and to come to the guests we, we've had a few not as many as i would like maybe we can get more in future i hope but it's always been a yes. massive highlight to get experts on people with great personalities to tell us about their expertise what they're interested in so guests have been my other massive highlight yeah 
I'm going to second that. We've had awesome guests and we have kind of talked about keeping up that up in the future as well. So it, it's just fun to talk to people and ask them questions and kind of... I, I loved what we did here, like on a regular basis, but then it's also cool to sometimes do something completely different and just ask people questions or invite them to join some silly things as Iruk did, like coming up with random summer festivals where the Beatles uh, were playing before NSYNC or whatever your set lineup was. <laughs> so that, that... And actually speaking of that, talking about music and things like that, that's something that you mentioned earlier. Uh, having talked about albums that influenced me that much kind of led me to at least partially led, led me to joining this small songwriter community. There's four or five, six of us. And the idea of that is to meet monthly and everybody brings their own songs, things like that there. And we give honest, but very kind of friendly feedback on each other's songs, give tips, idea, share ideas, stuff like that. Sometimes people kind of send those ideas uh, on our WhatsApp group as well. And that's been really exciting. I've been asked to produce a song and then we're also working on something with my sister as well. And only through that community, which she also joined, I found out that she writes songs just in general. I didn't know that, but she's really good at it as well. And we are in the kind of process of creating a first demo of a song she's written. So... I feel everything we did with Catholic Fridays, talking about albums and stuff like that, then getting the new studio and everything kind of led me to that point. And I'm excited what the future holds that sense. Yeah, that's super cool. You know, songwriting is all part of the music making process. And yeah, it might be cool to do more stuff sort of related to that in future as well. Of course, we had a great guest, Trey Xavier on, who talked about songwriting and he has a great channel where he talks about that every single day almost so that's a great thing for us to think about in future and yeah yep. just again thinking about guests we've had trey our beloved mike cgs has been on iric has been a regular guest for example we've also had the magnificent peridor perry from pendulum and many other bands who else have we had on those are the four that just came to my mind mm. first off i think we've asked a bunch of other people but i don't know did we have other people Maybe those are we the only like, four. But if be. so, they were all highlights. If we've forgotten they, anybody, they we apologize we profusely. And it's not your fault, it's ours, if if we forgot about you. But yeah, anyway, yes. a series yeah, of amazing guests guess. and music and song and dance. And uh, yeah, we've all learned a lot from one another, I think. And that's, that's the coolest thing. Yep, definitely. Yeah. And I think there's a perfect segue to talk about the future the year 2000. I'm referencing a real Conan O'Brien sketch. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Nope. They used I to know. have like, for whatever reason, uh, the I think it was the only like US uh, late night show that aired in Finland for some reason. And I think that like they started to air it on a regular basis because Conan O'Brien and our then president uh he, Conan, and she looked very alike. And Conan like, constantly made, made jokes about it. 
And basically, yeah, they had that show in Finland on a regular basis, and they had this in the year 2000 segment. And this was like 2005 or something. And then somebody would read some funny things that were happening in the year 2000. Uh-huh. Anyway, we're supposed did you to know about the new show. Did you know that oh. Conan started out as a writer on The Simpsons? I did, actually. Okay, fine. I thought I'd teach you something finally at the very <laughs> yeah, end of our last ever episode. Just about to like drop one. Here's I'm like a information you dropping by. truth bombs, stuff that you didn't yes. know. Yeah, but there we go. I, I never I really watched Conan, Conan much anyway. Back in the day, I what always liked. Now there's. He's probably doing other late night hosting on different channels. Good. I always liked Craig Good. Ferguson, the crazy Scott. Good. Ah. There we go with Jeff Peterson, the uh, the robot sidekick. They were my favorite late late night people. Well, there you go. There you go. Yep. Um, but do we need to do a big reveal? Because we have some information for you. That If you're a fan of what we've done here, there's going to be more of that in the future. And first of all, the show is called... Let's add drum roll in the post, I guess. Because I don't have anything queued up here. Drum roll! Uh, the show, new show is called... Boom! The unlikely guitar show. Explosions, something like that. I'm going to add some post effects here, just because I can. Make it good, please. (laughs) Are you saying that wasn't enough? They've got to be big explosions, that's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yes, the unlikely guitar show will premiere... Can we say January? <laughs> we actually don't know. That's the problem. <laughs> we actually don't know. L- life has been throwing a bunch of wrenches yeah. at us. Or something like that. Yeah. As of late. So we are not 100% sure when this will air. But I guess what we can say is we're going to take all the best parts of Cat Pick Fridays and then kind of turn it up to 11, add some new things, better faster, stronger, that's the song, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I mean by that, but yes. What we've done here, but even better. And we have a bunch of cool new segments planned and kind of make it even more entertaining, but also informational. We want to have a bunch of guests join the show and things like that. And if you want to follow what's going to happen with the new show, and we kind of start posting some updates and things like that. We have an Instagram account and a YouTube channel with and links to those you can find in the show notes as well. Or you can search Unlikely Guitar Show on Instagram or on YouTube and you will find us. Hit subscribe or the follow button or whatever the buttons are there. And you will stay up to date. And we are really excited about this. I'm still still fairly happy with the logo as well. So well done me. One clap. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna give you a single hand yeah. clap. <laughs> That's how my one year old waves every time. She does oh. like a single hand clap. <laughs> so yeah. Unfortunately, as we just mentioned, we cannot give you an exact date when this will air because there's been a lot of weird things that have delayed everything we do. And there's some other news as well that we're going to share a bit later as well. 
So stay tuned for that. And this is a great moment to thank everyone for this. How long did we do this? Just a long time. December 1st, 2022. Did it start in 2020? I think before. 2020. When was it? I uh, think it was before first COVID. No, no, sorry. The first Catholic Fighters episode at February 5th, 2021. So, for almost oh, two really? years. Oh, really? It's not that long. Yeah. Oh, wait, it is nearly yeah. 2023. So, it is almost two years. Yes, that's, yeah, that's, that's a lot. Like. Actually, that makes sense. Like, about 100 episodes, because we made about 100, maybe? Mm, is that possible? I think we made 70-something. There's few that don't count in the official... Because I used to like with episode one, two, three, and four, but then there's like five or six bonus episodes that I don't think I count as. Ah, uh, like right. Yeah, episode. the special summer so episodes. So I'm going to say 80 or so. Well, you know, if you round 70 or 80 up to the nearest three-figure yeah, number, you get 100. We're going to get 100. It's the perfect time to stop. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we plan. We're going to stop at the 100 and then redo the whole show. Yeah, but... This is the final Cat Pick Fridays episode. I'm not sad because we're going to continue this with just a different name, with a different brand. I'd like to think we've learned a lot over this past two years or so, and the new show will be even better. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back ne early next year. We will. And on that note... Have a happy holidays time. It's December 1st. So I think you can wish happy holidays at this point. I think that's yeah. allowed. Yeah, have a great Christmas candy and music is in the stores already. So, yeah, it is. To go. It has been. Have, have a great time, a great Advent period doing whatever it is that yes. you do. If you celebrate Christmas or not, enjoy family time, togetherness. Yes. Have as much fun and be warm. And yes. yeah, we will see you next year with the Unlikely Guitar Show which is going to be an Unsighted. unlikely success, allegedly. <laughs> so with think and hope. Yeah. On that note, thank you so much for watching and listening. And as we always mention, stuff in the description of this show. And now we're going to say bye. And we will see you next year. Bye, podcast. <laughs>